Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of After the Sermon Ends. My name is Marcus Donaldson. Along with me is Jared Cagle and Joshua X Richards. At gmail.com. We're, oh we're just going to keep it going. We're going to keep it going again. as long as we can. <laughs> Wait, you don't want everyone to know your Gmail? Everybody email at me. That's Joshua fine. Yeah. Or Josh X Richards. Oh, he actually gave it away. I see, I didn't fully yeah. give it away. Yeah, mm-hmm. you you know. But now everybody knows. Great. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> and thank you for joining us for another episode of After the Sermon Ends. We're in Jared's new office, and we know that after the sermon ends, the conversations begin. That's right. Probably the warmest office in the building. Yeah, I'm a fan of that. Same. Are you cold-natured? Yeah. Are you hot-natured? No, I'm probably pretty cold-natured. I, I always have a blanket, like sitting around especially in the winter look there are you know the the snickers commercials where you know they're like you're not yourself when you're hungry Mm -hmm. if i am cold i'm fine i don't like it but i'm fine Mm -hmm. if i'm wet i don't like it but i'm but i'm fine but if i'm cold and wet together oh (laughs) man i'm betty white like (laughs) man it's not happening yeah like that is not okay Betty White. <laughs> Full Betty White. Full Betty White. Oh Full Betty. Last week, Jared, you continued our study um, with the armor of God, and we looked at the breastplate of righteousness. Could you give us a recap, please, sir? Yeah, we know that we're in a spiritual battle. We need spiritual armor, and God has provided everything that we need for that battle. And Paul is um, reminding us that we need to put it on. Um, and so ultimately, if we wear the breastplate of righteousness, um, we will be strong against the attacks of the enemy. The breastplate of righteousness, as we talked about on Sunday, is ultimately our greatest defense against the enemy, Satan, because it is the righteousness of Jesus that covers us and that protects us um, for all eternity, uh, protects us in the sense of it has absorbed the wrath of God, also protects us against the enemy's attacks because he has no power against um, what Jesus has already accomplished. Amen. Josh, let me hear what you're thinking. Yeah. Um, that idea that it's the the strongest piece of armor um, was a really strong imagery. Um, you know, Jared, you were talking about how it's like it's, it's 40 pounds worth of yeah. metal that you strap onto you and it protects the most vital organs you know and and jesus's righteousness is the thing that protects our most vital part of us our heart which satan Mm -hmm. attacks all the time trying to get us to just give up on god give up on following him and um his righteousness is the thing that that protects us you know our heart can condemn us and our our feelings can get hurt and just there's so many things that can come against us but if it's his righteousness that's protecting us, then nothing's going to be able to penetrate that. And, and I love that imagery. So good. Talk to me about um, some of the tension surrounding this verse. There's some, yeah, me and Marcus had a nice little talk in the bathroom before I went up and preached. Those are the best when it's like, hey, man, I'm struggling with the fact that commentators that I usually trust are saying something totally different. So good confusion before we come to bring clarity from the... <laughs> and so I saw the same thing as I was getting ready for it just to hear it. And I'm like, 
hey, yeah, I saw the same thing, man. Good luck. Yeah, 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 <laughs> exactly. So we, of course, doubled down on the fact that it's Jesus's righteousness um, and said said it boldly, even like this morning. We um, That's the way that I've interpreted this text. There is some um, maybe disagreement, which this is pretty common when it comes to interpretations of texts like this. Some say that um, the breastplate of righteousness that you put on is actually righteous living and doing good deeds, um, not in the effort to receive salvation. We know that that's not by works. It's only by grace that we're saved through faith. Um, but some commentators and some people that interpret this text would say, by the way, they're a lot smarter than me, so I'm not trying to say, you know, but what they would say is that you're putting on righteous living. You're putting on, um, you're putting on, uh, holiness in a, as a pursuit in your life and doing, doing these things, living well, living, following Jesus and, and, and doing the things that he's called you to do, obeying his commands, um, again, that's not wrong. Um, I'm not saying that that's wrong. What I'm saying is we know that Satan is the accuser of the brethren, Revelation 12. We also know that he's been thrown down. And we know that the, the attacks, the schemes of the, of the enemy in this text contextually is what we're protecting ourselves against because the battle's not against flesh and blood. And one of the primary ways that he attacks is through accusations, is through questioning if we're worthy, questioning, making us question if if we deserve to be in relationship with God. And at the core root of that, he's attacking our um, flesh. He's attacking our inability to be righteous. Cursed are the ones who can't abide by the law. Uh we talked about that in, in Galatians, in Paul's letter to the Galatians. So the enemy uses these accusations, and our only defense against that ultimately is Christ's righteousness. So to, if, if this piece of armor is truly impenetrable, irrevocable, and immovable, it cannot be based on anything that I do. It must be based on a righteousness greater than mine. And so we chose to teach, teach that exclusively on Sunday because um, there's no greater lesson to prioritize than um, submissiveness to Christ's authority, Christ's um, um, saving work on the cross and in his resurrection, and then his imputed righteousness onto us, in in us, on us, um, toward us. And getting behind that as a covering as our greatest defense. Yeah, and just following up on that, I think, too, it's like we kind of realize whose righteousness it is when we realize what we're defending against. Um, You know, we've talked about it's a spiritual battle, so we need spiritual armor. And the the righteousness that that we can do in righteous living um, is going to be a result of living from the righteousness of Jesus. But we first need that righteousness imputed to us before we can even enter into that righteous living. And when we're standing against the schemes of the devil, like we've talked about for the last three weeks, we, we always need that reminder um, that there's nothing that we can do on our own strength or in our flesh um, that's that's righteous. Um, I think you were 
talking about it in um, Isaiah 64, where uh, anything that we can do is like filthy rags. Yeah, it just puts it into, into perspective that, you know, if we are reliant on our own strength, if we rely on our own ability to be righteous, then when the accuser comes and he gives us and he sends accusations our way of like we aren't righteous, then, you know, sometimes those accusations are going to be true because there's so many days that I fall short and there's so many days that so many other people fall short and we can't stand against that accusation. We need to stand on the righteousness of God. That's what's going to allow the believer to stand is his righteousness, not ours on our best day. Like you read, I think it was Luke 19 or Luke 18. 18. 18. That's one of my, my favorite parables. Um, Have mercy on me, a sinner, you know? Um, And this is a tax collector who's standing way off, not even, um, not even being very public, like, trying to get that recognition from everybody, how righteous he is and everything that he's done um, doesn't stand. Doesn't stand. He didn't walk away justified. Or what does the text say? Um, I got it right here. Well, it's it. Um, I tell you, this man went down to the house justified. Yeah. The The tax collector who repented, have mercy on me, a sinner. This man went down to the to his house justified rather than the other. For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled but the one who humbles himself will be exalted. That's right. And to uh, to your point, Josh, our, our righteous conduct is a necessary consequence of receiving his. Yeah, that's good. I want to say this too real quick before we move. Um, r- um, putting on the garment of righteous living as, an, as a piece of our armor is a good thing teaching like I'm not when I teach it when we taught it this way we aren't trying to say this is exclusively what Paul is talking about we what we're saying is this is primarily what Paul is talking about there is absolutely we encourage righteous living absolutely we don't by no means should we sin that grace may abound that that's um so but the and really it's not a but (laughs) and Paul is encouraging us first and foremost, I believe, to wear on our most vital parts the garment, the breastplate of Christ's righteousness as our greatest defense against the enemy and our defense against the wrath of God because he has absorbed the fullness of God's wrath and the penalty that we deserved in our sin. And we wear that. That's our only hope. When we enter into eternity, we stand behind Jesus. We don't stand with anything in our hands. My one defense, my righteousness, oh Lord, yeah. how I need you. Um, you know, there's that argument that, hey, why have we gotten away from hymns and everything yeah, else? Yeah. You know, the, it teaches a lot of theological truth. And I agree with that 100%. But I wouldn't, I wouldn't let anybody just ignore some of the, the great uh, music that we have today that continue to teach theological truth all right so final thoughts how do how do i put this on how do i how do i apply this and how do i withstand with not only the belt of truth but now the breastplate of righteousness as we've covered so far simply most simply i guess preach the gospel to yourself daily preach the gospel um to the enemy as well (laughs) 
you use the truth that Jesus is um, our hope because he has died and he rose again for the forgiveness of our sins. Re- remembering that reality and pre- when I say preaching it to ourselves, the, the truth that you mentioned this earlier, Josh, about our feelings and our circumstances, we're all affected by those things. And that's why we have to constantly remind ourselves of that truth. Even sometimes it's in our subconscious that we're uh, we're conflicting with the truth of the gospel, but it, it's so sneaky when we get on either side, you know, I think at one point I was talking about there's temptations on both sides of this. There's temptation. If you've lived like a pretty good life, the temptation is to stand up against the enemy and say, look at my good deeds when he accuses you. And if you've lived a a really, a really bad life or uh, in the world's eyes, however that looks, the temptation is to be like, yeah, you're right. I have no hope. And, but the reality is, for the sinner and for the pretty good sinner, like for the way off sinner and the pretty good, and I'm using air quotes, sinner, uh, the hope is the same, and it's Jesus, and we have to remind ourselves of that daily. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, and I, I really liked how you were just saying, you know, tying in last week's belt of truth with the breastplate of righteousness. I think um, we need to realize that, you know, we can be putting on both of these, and they're both like in each, as we continue to build uh, toward the full armor of God, they keep building on each other. Whereas the belt of truth last week, the defense was, you know, standing against the lies of the devil and the, the lies that he throws at us, you know, relying on the truth that God brings and the promises that he provides. Um, but this week, you know, you pointed out really, really well that, you know, he is accuser and some of his accusations can be true against us. You know, if he, you know, accuses that we are unrighteous and unworthy before him, and we have nothing to say, but yeah, you're right. Um, and we've been talking about this song, Embracing Accusation. Uh, go check it out by Shane and Shane on Spotify. It's a really, really good song. It's a little bit older. Um, but the, the the climax of that song ends with, you know, the enemy has forgotten the refrain. He's forgot. He has held out on the whole truth. The whole truth is that Christ has redeemed us. And like you said, just preaching the gospel, like, you know, when, when he is lofting accusations at us, but they're true and we're not necessarily relying on the belt of truth in that moment, we rely on the whole truth and we rely on the breastplate of his righteousness to defend against those schemes. And, you know, when one of them may not be as applicable in one situation, although the belt of truth is applicable in every situation, um, you know, we need to rely on that righteousness and rely on the whole truth and you know preach that gospel because that's the only thing that'll stand yeah i think very literally in the battle you're wearing the whole thing the whole time because you don't know where or when or how you're going to get hit you just know that you're in a battle and you need your armor for the best chance to survive and in this case it promises that we will withstand the schemes of satan until until the Lord returns or calls us home. So yeah. until our battle is done. Yeah. Um, well, all right. That's that's it. Thanks for joining us for another episode. Until next time.